Even in today's digital age, chalk is still a common instrument for communication and artistic expression. Teachers use it to write out lessons. Kids use sidewalks and chalk to let their imaginations run wild. Good morning. I'm George Borecki, and this is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. This morning, we're exploring chalk as a powerful tool for communication and self-expression, beginning with artist Hani Shihara. He's been using chalk to create works of art on New York City sidewalks for more than two decades. I caught up with Hani on Manhattan's west side, where he recently completed another project. Right now, we're standing on the corner of 97th Street and Broadway before one of your works of art. Describe this piece for us. This is uh, uh, actually it's, uh, after a poster that I found uh, on the Internet, of course. It's uh, from the Second World War uh, era. It's uh, about uh, these posters from the Rosie the Riveter. Uh, it's uh, basically uh, the poster says, do the job he left behind. And it's a woman holding a drill, uh, working in a factory. And, and in the back of uh, in the background, there's an American flag with this woman basically uh, all concentrated on the drill, uh, working, of course, doing the job that he left behind. Is this legal? Can you do this on a sidewalk in New York City? Uh, well, it, uh, it's not illegal. So uh, there's no specific law that says you cannot draw with chalk on the sidewalks. And it's a form of, uh, you know, uh, of, of, of art that's been um, practiced, been practiced for many, many, many years, even before I came to New York. Actually, if you search uh, images on Google uh, for sidewalk art, you will see children from the 1920s and 30s drawing on the sidewalks of New York City. Um, and this actually this, uh, this is an Italian tradition originally that started over four or five hundred years ago. And artists in Italy they used to go and draw the Madonna in front of the duomos and uh, churches where they basically uh, sit down and do the Madonna. And they, and they make some money, of course, and uh, they show their work. In Italy, they call them Madonnari. And, uh, of course, so many uh, artists who are doing it right now in Italy and in Europe. Uh, I've been doing it here in New York for the past 27 years since I started uh, here in New York. And uh, it's, um, it's, again, it's, uh, I mean, I really... Um, gotten some tickets before but the tickets were dismissed by the judge and actually some of the judges have seen my work and they all sometimes they smile and they even they even they, sometimes they they are annoyed that I was given a ticket what were the tickets for disrupting oh. the sidewalk disrupting sidewalk traffic exactly yeah, for obstruction the traffic for uh, uh, attracting crowds um, things like that yeah what inspired you to start doing this kind of artwork on the sidewalks of New York City well this uh, I found myself this is really where, where I really found myself I love uh, people and I like to work with people I like to bring art to the people I believe that there's this great connection that uh, between you know I, and I believe the artist should be I mean I as close to people as possible and uh, and I think uh, the idea of, you know, I mean, I've, 
I mean, I remember what happened to me when I first seen it done in Italy. It was, it, this really was, was very inspirational, and it's really, uh, uh, I mean, I, I like simplicity. I like to make, make everything simple, and I don't like complications, and I don't like excuses. And uh, I wanted to be an artist. I couldn't afford colleges. I, don't, I didn't have money. I came from a poor family. So I, I, I realized that I can, you know, this, you know, this is, this is I mean, all I need is some colors and the canvas is my sidewalk, is the floor. And uh, it's uh, just, it's, it's about doing it. It's, 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 it's you know, it's the action. It's, it's doing the work, interacting with the people, um, the, 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 the response the, from people, the, the actions, the feedback. Um, that kept me coming, you know, seeing how people were really very supportive to me since the beginning. That really makes me, keeps me coming back. What was, what was that first piece that you created on the sidewalks of New York City? Do you even remember? Oh, I think it was uh, from Michelangelo. I did lots of Michelangelo. I did the Delphic 7, I think. Yes, because I really love the Delphic 7. And uh, to me, I don't know, for some reason, I thought she always brought me luck. I, I, I love Michelangelo's work. And um, since I'm self-taught and I needed really to enhance and work on my uh, capabilities, I wanted to teach myself. By, so I copied the masters. Uh, I learned by copying the, the masters. And I started doing lots of Renaissance work, lots of Michelangelo, Raphael, Da Vinci, and uh, Guido Reni, uh, many other artists, French and Spanish, Goya, etc. And uh, that basically uh, kept me going, and slowly, slowly, I start doing my own work. So you're self-taught. Oh, yeah. You taught yourself how to create these masterpieces on the sidewalk. By just really believing uh, first that I can do it, convincing myself that I can do it, and it can be done. And that's it, basically determination and persistence and um, really great desire, really love for the arts. And so you have me, no formal arts training whatsoever? No. I had only my teacher, school teacher, who really believed in me in school. You're from the Middle East originally? I am. I was born in Jerusalem. And uh, really art gave me hope, gave me love, uh, gave me what I was missing, you know, as, as I grew up in, um, in the middle, middle of the chaos there, you know, uh, in the Middle East. Uh, it was, and art really, see, you know, gave me really, I saw beauty, I saw hope, I saw, uh, you know, it took my mind away from all the wars and, 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 and injustices that were around me. Uh, again, it just, you know, I, I, I felt it gave me a reason to live, reason to love life, and to see behind, you know, what, what the chaos that I was living in. So the sidewalk, this sidewalk here in New York City, is your canvas. Yes. What's involved in the process? Uh, it's, uh, it's really simple. I like to keep it simple, very simple. And the, the process all is about really colors. And I love the idea that out of, oh, on this hard, dirty sometimes, filled with chewing gums, sidewalks, gray, and, you know, uh, comes, out, so, comes something soft, colorful, something inspiring out of this 
dead uh, sidewalk. And I feel like many other, many people, they usually, they look down. People don't necessarily look always up. And this is somehow left the people's spirits up as it left my own spirit up. And um, it brings art to the people, make, you know, uh, to the children, all children from all ages. And uh, it just, I, I like the humble, uh, you know, uh, you know, the hum humble idea behind it of, of basically uh, making it simple and working on the floor, on the sidewalk, being as close to earth as possible. And uh, it's an, a reminder also for us that we know it's, it's, it's to respect the ground that we are working on, working on. and uh, also to uh, explore possibilities and uh, again lift the spirits up. And How do you choose the location? Oh, I just search. I just search and search and search and search. Of course, I look for a clean spot. I look really for a New York neighborhood. I mean. I really like to go where, uh, you know, work for New Yorkers. Uh, it seems some people think that, you know, sometimes tell me, oh, go there, go South Sea Seaboard, go this. There's lots of tourists. That's not the idea. People who appreciate my work really are people, who, local people, people who live here. Tourists, they don't know. For, for them, it's like, oh, he's another one. But for the New Yorkers who really who live here every day of their lives, they really appreciate what they see, and they thank me all the time. And you know, I build relationships. All my, all people, everybody I know in New York, I know through the sidewalk. All my friends, all my acquaintances, all the work I get, I get through the sidewalk. I leave my phone number here and my email address right on the sidewalk. I write it down, and that keeps me busy the whole year. So this people is, commission you? Oh yes, yeah. I depends, and you know, this is really basically my billboard. It's my form of advertising. But by the way. I didn't know this first. All I wanted first is just to draw on the sidewalk. But people, passers-by, told me, why don't you write your name? Why don't you write your phone number? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you? So really all this came from people. People helped me to, to really start the business. I really, all I wanted first is really just to feel like, get the feeling like I'm doing what I want as an artist. But really, people who kept pushing me and giving me ideas and telling me even how to save my painting, what to use also, construction workers, carpenters, uh, they come and talk to me, engineers, etc. And they tell me, you know, do this, do this, why don't you try this? I try. And, you know, and I learn a lot from people. What materials do you use to create these pieces? I use soft pastel, uh, chalk pastel. I make it myself. I make my own pastel chalk. And uh, it's really simple. I make it by hand, you know, mixing the pigment with the chalk, with some soap and some glue. I, I make it like basically like dough. And I cut it small pieces and let it dry in the sun, and that's it. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I work with my, my fingers, the tip of my fingers. I like, I enjoy touching the colors with my, with my fingers, feeling the colors, and uh, playing with it around. It's really, that also in a way, you know, I guess brings always the child in me and keeps me, you know, keeps that child alive in me. It's, the idea is really, again, that I'm working amongst people, with people, and I, I see the feedback. I see, you know, immediate feedback. And people are very honest. They tell me what they think and what they feel about my painting. And I really, truly appreciate that. So this is chalk. How is it that it doesn't wash away with the first rain? Exactly, because again, 
people told me, construction workers and painters and uh, carpenters, they told me to use polyurethane. I used to use acrylics and stuff, but they told me to use outdoor polyurethane, clear. And I did, and it works fantastic. How long does it last? Oh, it lasts for a couple of years, sometimes three or four years, depending on the traffic. Even with the snow and people walking all over it and dragging things all over it, it still stays, it survives somehow, because I really push the colors in the tooth of the sidewalk, in, in the texture. The sidewalk, as you know, is rough, it has a rough texture. Uh, and it's, it's like it contains, it keeps the color in between. And when I spray it, and actually even the water sometimes makes, makes the, because I, when, I use, when I make the colors, there's actually a glue in the color. So the color sticks to the floor, and it stays in the floor. What do you think when people just walk over it and don't pay it any attention, or perhaps when someone allows their dog to do its business there? Well, it's up to them. It's up to them. I cannot control what people do, and uh, but I really uh, look at the other side. What really uh, the kindness of people, you know, the you know the sweetness of people who really, really do everything possible you know, to help me, and and and, and to really how the, the people who respect my work and and walk around it and and uh, really protect it. Even homeless people, they come and you know, they feel. Sometimes even homeless people, they give they come and they give me tips. People who collect cans. They feel like this is belongs to them because it's public property. It doesn't belong to, belongs to the people. So people really are protective about it. And this is, I mean, the person who let his dog poop on my painting is just, this is just one in a million. The, the 900,099 are the sweetest people on earth. Yeah. How frequently are you creating these works? All, all the time. In summertime, I, I can't wait for summer to start actually early spring uh, and, and even uh, start sometimes in in, in uh, april even sometimes march if it's hot and i keep drawing on the sidewalks until uh, november and i try to keep all the commissions all the work that because people as actually now before i came to see you i actually had few phone calls people wanted to commission me to do some paintings inside their homes. And I like to keep it for the winter because I really love to be outside. I like the sidewalks. I love being on the sidewalks. I mean, even if, you know, I, I think sometimes even if I make millions of dollars, because I've been doing it really for 33 years and it's become like almost a habit for me. I, it's a need also, like to go and do something on the sidewalk. Do you complete one work all at once, or do you come back and complete it over time? No, I take my time. I do it piece, you know, slowly. I build it uh, piece by piece, and uh, I, it takes sometimes three to four to five days to finish. Uh, I like to really take care of my paintings and make them as strong as possible because I don't. I want them to be solid and I want them to last. But when I'm commissioned sometimes to do things for advertising purposes, for events, sometimes they want to finish in one day or in two days. Actually, I did some work for, some, for TVs, for some Hollywood, for movies, for children's shows, for television shows, uh, for many, many entities. And sometimes, of course, they have a deadline and they have a timetable. They have, you know. So I work with, with people. But when I work on my own, I like to take my time because I like to... Also, um, um, I like people to follow the product. People photograph me nowadays, you know, you know, everybody has a cell phone. And they take pictures from start to finish. 
and people you know collect the pictures and they even sometimes even with you know before I used to you know take pictures and keep them in my portfolio and try to now people take pictures and they put them on Google they advertise for me without even me asking them so people doing a lots of work for me with you know for free and they're happy to do it what would you say is the most challenging part of working with the sidewalk as your canvas? Oh, the most challenging part. You're obviously breathing a lot of bus exhaust because yes. we're getting a lot of it right now. Right. Um, well, really, just a few things. I really, telling you the truth, what bothers me the most is the chewing gum. I really don't like the chewing gums. I mean, I traveled along, around the states here and I was commissioned to do other works in many different states from California to Florida to Ohio to Kansas to many, many different places. New York sidewalks are the worst. I tell you, they're really dirty. There's so much chewing gum and this chewing gum, you cannot get rid of it. Of course, I try to clean the sidewalk before I start. Chewing gums, I cannot clean all my life. I spend so much time trying to, to I clean a little bit, but it's very hard. The chewing gums are really my trouble. And of course, you know, um, sidewalks in New York are hot sometimes, you know, very, very hot in the summer, especially the trains pass underneath. So I have to deal with the heat coming at me from the floor. But that's okay, that's okay. I really think the truth. I mean, everything, even, only, even these difficulties, for somehow, I find them sweet. You know, I mean, I'm uh, challenging, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I. I don't like to go, I mean, I find them inspiring for me. I like to use them sometimes, uh, you know, in a way, you know, to, um, you know, because uh, it's, it's really, the idea is really to create something again, something beautiful, uh, regardless of the hardship. The hardship is welcome, you know, as long as, in my mind, my goal is to create something beautiful, so I tolerate whatever comes my way. Thank you, sir. Whatever comes, you know... People me, give you donations as they oh, walk yeah. by and they All see the it. Time, you have your buckets yeah. out. Yes. Yeah, they do. They actually... And they're very, very beautiful. People are really beautiful. Look at this lady. She says... Yeah, they... They, they, they just, stop, they take they pictures. Stop, Here they, they are. All the time. And they give me money. And not just this. More than that, sometimes even people bring me food and drinks and coffee and... They ask me what I need, and sometimes they ask me, the other day, believe me, very nice man, there's a garden here, private garden for these buildings. He's so sweet. He's a pianist. He told me he's going to sit here next to my painting because it was really hot. A few days ago, it was like 96 degrees. He told me, listen, go rest. He brought me fruit and water. He said, I stay next to my, your painting. Go rest for an hour, half an hour. And so, you know, this kind is really of people really take my heart, you know, my breath away. And this is really why I, you know, why I'm very much encouraged and inspired because of the action of the people. And this is bring us together, build bridges, and you know, bring people closer. And that's the idea. That's All right, it. honey. All right, honey. Your website for people who want to know more about you. Yes, it's www.honey sidewalkart.com one word hani h-a-n-i Sad, sidewalkart.com hani thanks so much for your time thank you thank you very much god bless you thank you hani shihada is a sidewalk artist here in new york city 
You'll find photos of Hani and his work on our Facebook page. We're listed as WFUV's Cityscape. While Hani says chalking the sidewalk is legal in the city, the law seems a little ambiguous. Our suggestion? Call 311 before you try it for yourself. This is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. I'm George Bodarki. This morning, we're exploring chalk as a powerful tool for communication and self-expression. A program in northern Manhattan uses chalk art, among other things, to help combat childhood obesity in Washington Heights and Inwood. The program is even titled Chalk. It stands for Choosing Healthy and Active Lifestyles for Kids. Chalk's a collaboration between New York Presbyterian Hospital, Columbia University Medical Center, and the community of northern Manhattan. Andrea Housel is the program manager. Andrea, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Now, first of all, what is the primary mission of Chalk? So the primary mission of Chalk is obesity prevention through mobilizing a community task force to make environmental changes in Washington Heights and Inwood. When did the organization get off the ground? So Chalk started in 2008, and it was a five-year grant from the New York State Department of Health. And the grant's winding down, so now it's been operationalized by New York Presbyterian. How big of a problem is obesity in Upper Manhattan? So obesity is a big problem in Upper Manhattan. In particularly, our program focuses on school-age kids, and data shows that two-thirds are either overweight or obese. What are the primary reasons for that? So the primary reasons that we focus on are nutrition and physical activity, as well as access to healthy foods to programs that promote physical activity. So not enough of those in Upper Manhattan to keep kids in good physical shape. Well, that's one of the reasons, definitely. And also, awareness is a huge issue, which is where our community coalition comes into play, and they volunteer to spread the word. How do you spread the word? So one of the ways that we spread the word is through this community coalition who recruits businesses, um, different organizations to join our campaign, and they promote our Healthy Habits of the Month. And they, again, promote our Healthy Habits depending on what their business is. So what are those healthy habits? So we have 10 healthy habits of the month, and they're based on the eight habits of healthy kids, which is from the Strang Cancer Center. And they're evidence-based, easy-to-implement habits that focus on physical activity and nutrition. Like what? Give me some examples. So some examples are to be physically active every day, turn off the screens and live your life, eat smaller amounts, drink water instead of juice or soda, So really simple health promotion habits that pretty much anyone can implement. I understand that you've created this specific social marketing message with Chalk, right? So the Community Coalition came up with a social marketing message, and it's Viva Tu Vida, Live Your Life with Energy, Action, and Balance. So the community really felt that just saying to be healthy or to eat better or to eat less doesn't really resonate with the community. So they came up with something that connotes health that promotes being vibrant and energetic, as well as being balanced in your physical activity as well as your diet. Now, they came up with that in Spanish, right? Not in English. Yes. So it first came up in Spanish because that's the primary and sometimes only language of many households in Washington Heights and Inwood. I've read that you actually do use chalk, chalk art, at least, (laughs) to get your message out. In the past, the campaign has used chalk art um, and chalk artists. 
and especially when the campaign was first started um, by my predecessor, who this was her brainchild. Her name is Stephanie Pizzarillis Bokin, and her medical director, Patricia Hammett. So in the initial stages, they definitely did use chalk, and we still do use chalk. So actually putting that message right there on the street. On the sidewalk, yep. <laughs> what other types of programs do you have in place to encourage people to live healthy lifestyles in northern Manhattan? So Chalk developed a partnership with Grow NYC, and one of the many initiatives they do is green markets. So we have a seasonal green market on Fort Washington and 168th Street outside of New York Presbyterian, and we do health promotion every week, talk about our healthy habits, in collaboration with Grow NYC to try to reach the community. Andrea, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Andrea Housel is the program manager of CHALK, which stands for Choosing Healthy and Active Lifestyles for Kids. They work to combat childhood obesity in northern Manhattan. Finally today, a look at CHALK from a historical perspective. Doctors who examined immigrants who passed through Ellis Island would put CHALK marks on newcomers they deemed ill. Joining us now to talk more about that process is National Park Service Ranger Peter Urban. Ranger Urban, thanks so much for taking the time. My pleasure. So what was the process like for immigrants who passed through Ellis Island? Well, when people came to Ellis Island, uh, they were brought in the building and they had to go through both a legal and medical processing. Uh, The medical processing usually entailed uh, first a visual inspection as immigrants walked up the stairs for obvious signs of ailments, and then a little bit more of a thorough look over by doctors. And I don't mean a lot. I'm talking about maybe six, five to ten seconds look over where they would determine whether or not an immigrant had the signs of a possible ailment that normally were carried by immigrants who came here. Now, if they did, then they put chalk marks on them, correct? That's correct. Now, explain to me how that worked. Well, if the doctor looked you over and he saw one of the illnesses that normally did afflict an immigrant, they had a series of chalk marks that were indicative of that illness. Excuse me. So, for instance, if a person was limping badly, they'd put an L on the coat. If they had a problem with a scalp or a favus, as it was called, they would put an SC. Uh, And if they had the worst of all, which was trachoma, which is an incurable and contagious eye disease, they would mark it with CT. Didn't mean they were being deported necessarily right away. It simply gave other doctors the more important information they would need to give those immigrants a more thorough exam in private examination rooms. I understand that another chalk marking was SI. What did SI stand for? SI referred to the fact that the immigrant would be sent to the Board of Special Inquiry Room. Now, that's another word for a courtroom where an administrative hearing would be held for an immigrant. Uh, they uh, They would really be forced on their own without any legal representation to try to convince two of the three inspectors that the reason for which they were detained was not enough of a reason to deport them. And that kind of created a a bit of an antagonistic relationship between inspectors and immigrants, but generally the inspectors treated the immigrants pretty well. I've read that some savvy immigrants wore reversible clothing and would turn their coats inside out if they got a chalk mark. Yes, and that's kind of a fascinating part of the education process. As they learned about what might happen if there was a mark on their coat, 
they were told to turn that coat inside out or wear reversible coats. Sometimes they had coats that looked like a legitimate coat either one way or the other. What about this history fascinates you most? For me, it's personal because I had three of my four grandparents come through here in steerage class, so I'm always fascinated as to what they might have gone through. I mean, these are, these are generally uneducated, uh, poor uh, immigrants, many of them peasant farmers, and they're really engaging in the process of administrative and governmental inspections for the first time. That's a, that's a scary thing. I, I find these people very admirable because they went through a, a pretty terrifying experience for many to be kind of hustle-bustled through this building and still go out and start their lives and lead to so much for the people who came after them in terms of their descendants. So in that sense, I find that uh, they, they were a pretty gritty group who were willing to go through a lot to start their lives here in this country. And potentially how intimidating, especially early on when they were not aware what these chalk marks meant to have this random letter put on you. Well, it, it, just imagine this. If you've come from a country where your government is really almost a police state, now, many of the um, uh, Eastern European countries were run by pretty brutal regimes. Men in uniform, the only ones you ever knew, were pretty brutal. And here you're being approached by representatives of the Immigration Service wearing the, the uniform of the Immigration Service, marking your coat up, kind of hustling you down hallways to examination rooms. You can only imagine that you're going to be you know, brutalized, as many of your friends and relatives were back in the old country. And that could be pretty terrifying. Uh, what you'll find out is that that's not going to be the case at all. But that moment where you see your child or your parent being hustled down a hall by a man in uniform can just take your breath away. And you would really think everything's lost. All right, Ranger Urban, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Peter Urban is a National Park Service ranger. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. I'm George Borarki. If you don't already, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We'll listen on both as WFUV's Cityscape. My thanks to senior producer Moraine Chin and producer Julie Clark. Have a great weekend.